You've tuned in to Dear Mommy Devotional Podcast. I know I am not the only mom who has been angry and totally confused with what God is doing on this motherhood journey. Being a wife and a mom, I understand the challenges. I'm your host, Rhea. With transparent stories and scripture, you will learn you are not alone and how God is your present help. You ready? Let's go, girl. Oh my gosh, girl, you tuned in once again. Thank you, girl. Um, If you listened to the last episode, you know that this series we're doing is called How to Be a Friend. So this episode, we're going to talk to Sandra and she is going to uh, talk on the topic of infidelity. And so let us bring her on. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, infertility or infidelity? Inf- oh, God. <laughs> infertility? What, what did I say? You said infidelity. Oh. Y'all, I mean, you know, by now y'all know I'm goofy and I'm a mom, so Mm -hmm. we're going to keep it rolling. (laughs) We are talking about infertility tonight. (laughs) Sometimes you got to pronounce it out to get it together. Yes, you do. Yes, it is. (laughs) But Sandra, tell us about you. Tell us your, um, tell us who you are first, and then we'll get into your story. Okay. Well, my name is Sandra Elador. I am a Jesus freak. I love me some Jesus. And I am, (laughs) I've been through a lot to my road to parenting. Yeah. Um, Getting married to my high school sweetheart, to trying, to becoming a stepmother, to trying to have children of my own to parenting and having issues, pregnancy. So it's been a rough road, but at the end, I completely understand it was God's plan, even though I didn't understand that in the midst of it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You, you can uh, smile today, but I'm sure in the, in the middle of it, I, I said that on my last podcast, there's stuff that you go through that now you look back and you're like, God, I'm grateful for the lesson, but I mean, you could have taught me another way. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Let's keep it real with Jesus. Really, Like, like, Lord, um, any other way? That was the only method. (laughs) Yes. Well, so tell us, how did you even learn? um, Tell us about your infertility story. How how did you even learn about it? How did that happen? Well, um, when my husband and I, well, my boyfriend now, then, which is not my boyfriend, got together, um, he already had a child prior, mm-hmm. and we basically immediately became a blended family. Um, we did in high school, separated, and then got back together as we got older. And I became an instant mother. Yeah. However, we still wanted to have our own. So I figured, hey, we already have one so that Early on of the marriage that everyone, everyone say, hey, let's wait for a year, two years before we start trying. We're like, you know what? That's not the case here. We already have one here. Yeah. Let's start trying at the very beginning. I wanted a honeymoon baby. Hey. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Just knock it right there and then, right? And that didn't happen. Two, three months, 
nothing. Six months. Okay, what's going on? Yeah. Um, told the doctor I was under the age of 35 at that time. Yes. And if you're under the age of 35, the requirement is that unprotected sexual intercourse for a year. Okay. Over the age 35 is six months. So since I was under, the doctor said we got to keep going, try for a year. Mm. Try for a year. Um, doc, nothing. So my doctor put me on a medication called Clomid and find out that it was affecting me to, by giving me severe pain Mm. to the point when I take it, walking was an issue. Oh no. I had a hard time walking and I called them was like, is this supposed to be a side effect? I didn't see that as a side effect. Right. I said, no. Come to find out, I had something called endometriosis. And we found that out through a surgery that we had to go just to see what's what was happening, what was the case. And my endometriosis is basically through heavy, heavy periods. Okay. Pretty much all my life that I've been complaining for years that something is wrong. My menstruals are not normal. Yeah. But no one listened, of course, being an African-American and medical field. I was going to ask you. Yes. That's, that's a completely different uh, podcast episode. Listen, a whole, a whole spiel a about whole spiel. that. Whole yes. <laughs> and I wasn't being, no one listened to me. And come to find out, I ended up having endometriosis, which blocked my tube. One of the tube had, the other tube had to be removed, which... Three months after that surgery, we had to go test that one, two. That's when I found out that I had no way of getting pregnant was through IVF. Wow. And that was a heavy day full of emotions right yeah. at the office. Yeah. Yeah. I could only imagine. Um, what could you, can you remember what was probably your first thought when they told you? Oh, I'm broken. (laughs) Like I'm broken. Why can't I do what my body is supposed to do? Yeah. Like I was mad. Um, me and the Lord had some harsh words. We, we, we really did. Um, we went back a little bit and I, I was really mad. I was pissed. I was the one in my friends group that got married, waited. Like it was, it was, what I was supposed to do, I did right, 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 and right, came right. to find out I didn't get the reward. Yeah. So it, I, I was pissed. I was salty about <laughs> it. <laughs> and I think that's the hardest part um, when it's like, okay, God, I've done everything. I've done everything right. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect. But I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe that that is just like you said, it, you, it's almost like, okay, where's my reward, but you're not receiving that reward. It, it almost feels like a punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can question what in the world did I do to yeah. deserve something like this? What was, what was the hardest part or what, what was the hardest part through that whole process? You know what? The hardest part of that whole process from beginning in the midst of the process and even now mm-hmm. is the fact that years ago when I complained, yeah. my parents brought me to 
the doctor's office, the emergency rooms, and mm -hmm. we were constantly ignored. Um, she's lying. She's making it up. There's nothing wrong with her. That's normal wow. type of spiel that yeah. till this day, it I, I get upset about mm -hmm. it. I really get mad because that was my endometriosis was in my system for so long that it causes other issues, not right. just infertility. There's right. the other part of infertility that as you're getting older, you still have to deal with. And that was still the cause of not being heard years ago. Right. So every time my body changes or do something else, I go right back and I get mad and I get pissed. Like right. only if someone sat long enough to heard, to hear yeah. what I had to say, what my parents had to say, that we didn't, I wouldn't have to go on that long journey. Yeah. I wouldn't have to. What, how did you stay encouraged during that part? And how, well, let me ask you that question first. How did you stay encouraged? Well, um, doing my infertility, doing the, uh, us going through IVF, I, everything was blank. I didn't know anything about IVF. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram wasn't around. Yeah. Facebook was around, but Facebook group wasn't around. Right, 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 right. So right. yes, you can Google, but I have to know what to even Google in right. order to find the information I need. And I didn't know anything. I didn't have any family and friends that went through that. So for us, it was, it was challenging. And I had, thank goodness, I had a support system. Even though they didn't know about it, I had a support system. I... Haitian descent. This is something that you would hear from the Caribbean. Like, no, you're playing God. Like, why would you, what, what you doing? And my parents were, we told them what the plan was and they're like, okay, here's some money to put towards it. Um, we call on a few people in our church at that time that was married. And we had like a little small little pod that we kept them updated. Yeah. Hey, please put us on your prayer journey, on a prayer list. So outgoing prayers to come in for us during the cycle. So that was our saving grace, honestly, yeah. is having the small group of people or even as small as telling my supervisor at work that we're not close, but it made it easier to let them know, hey, I will be taking some days off. I don't know when, whenever the doctor or my body says I need to do this, I have no choice but to go. And they were sympathetic. They understood. And they didn't share my business to, to the world at that time. Yeah. So I having that small circle did make it a whole lot easier. That is so important to have support. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this. I said this on my first um, podcast, the reason why I started this series was last year was my first time um, like as you're growing among friends, you hear so many stories. And, um, so it was my first time knowing someone who dealt with a miscarriage or knowing someone who had a child with down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And at times it was hard to even read the messages or like, what do you even say, you know? And so that's why I wanted to, to do this, to help 
those to be that type of support system. But before I get into that question, I had one more question for you. And that is, did this, um, did this affect your marriage? And if it did, how, how did you guys, you know, stay strong through it all? It absolutely did. I'm not going to sit here and like give you that Instagram glam of a marriage. Don't do it, girl. Be real. (laughs) It absolutely did. Um, Because in the beginning, even dealing with endometriosis, endometriosis caused sexual pain. Yeah. Like having sex and sexual intercourse was painful for me in the very beginning. So that was something that I was trying to avoid in my marriage. And that's not what we're supposed to do, but it was physical pain and it would last for like three days. So my husband was ready to go. And I'm like, I'm still recovering from the last one. So like, (laughs) give me another month, (laughs) give me another month. And I'll, you know, so yes, it just caused that in the very, in the beginning of our marriage. Um, but we talked it out. Eventually I was able to like, look, I'm not trying to be a di- like distant from you. Yeah. It's, this is what's going on. And I had to process it because honestly, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, This was just what was happening. But it's when you start making the connection is because of your endometriosis. Yeah. And now you have surgery. Now you got to heal from the surgery. So it, it, it's a lot. And that's a lot um, it, mentally it as well. It it's really not does. just physical. You're dealing with a lot of emotions. Emotions. Um, you're honestly the first woman that I can connect with in that area. Like mm-hmm. after my husband... I left my honeymoon still a virgin. Mm-hmm. I, I end up having this thing called a imperforated hymen. So mm-hmm. basically my hole was smaller than a baby's Q-tip. So mm-hmm. there was no entry. Yeah. And um, it was very, very painful. So it, it's, it's almost like a traumatic experience. experience. And it's hard for you as a wife to you, you want to be a good wife and you feel like you can't do that. You, you feel like your body is letting you down. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm only going into this because I feel like these stories are sometimes rare. And I pray that whoever is listening, if they're experiencing the same thing, just know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And those open conversations with your husband and letting him know, I don't fully know what I'm experiencing. Because I've probably, like, I know for me, I've never known another woman mm-hmm. to, to have experienced painful sex like I did or go through what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know what it looks like. I feel like I'm alone in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, so, but having those honest conversations and letting him know whatever you think you feel mm-hmm. is so helpful. So I'm, I'm really happy that you went into depth of that because it's, it's so necessary. I feel like a lot of marriages, and I ask that in particular because children will test your marriage. Ooh, <laughs> and the process even to get there, even after you get there, your, your body is now healing after having the child and all of these things that you're going through, it is gonna test your marriage. But just like you said, having those open conversations are so are so yeah. needed. <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. And sometimes we're so scared that 
he's not going to really understand. Like, yeah. how can I explain this? Especially if I don't even understand it. Yeah. So I'm still processing it. I don't know. Is this normal? Does everybody feel this way? Right. Everybody's glorifying sex and I'm over here trying to run away from it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> is this supposed to be normal? Right. So it's when I have those conversations. And sometimes if you have to bring your doctor in for those conversations, it's okay. Yeah. But he was able to understand and look at triggers or even some face expression during the process that he's like, oh, you okay? You okay? Yeah. So that conversation brought the intimacy back yeah. and you figure out along with your doctor what, what you need to do, yeah. but you are not alone, no. but definitely have those conversations. Right. And that's intimacy as well. Having those types of conversations, it grows your relationship stronger when, especially your partner, your husband understands. I tell people all the time, and, and I, I, I think people understand it once they listen to this podcast, my husband was the only one <laughs> that I could have married because all that we went through with that whole thing, I just, I can't, the patience that he had with me, I don't know if anybody else would have had that with me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I have the same feeling with my husband when it comes to my, the infertility. Yeah. I'm like, man, like God knew what he was doing <laughs> because when you look at past relationships, you look at like, nah, that wasn't going to work. That was not going to work. Why did I I even cry over you? Now I see why God took you away. Away, yes, yes. So I'm happy that he was able to make a decision surpassing what I thought I needed um, and giving me what I really need or what I will need in the future. So not just for what I'm feeling now, but what I'm going to need later on in the process. Um, Now let's get into the friends questions. Mm -hmm. What was the most helpful thing a friend or a family member did for you during that process? Mm -hmm. Well, the most, and I would say, um, even when I had my miscarriage, um, a couple of years, I had my miscarriage. The crazy thing is, what in the whole journey, what someone could have done for me, what I didn't even think about was order food for me. Simple as that, just order food, brought it, that was it. And at the time when I had my miscarriage, I already had my um, stepdaughter and my son from IVF. And you have your miscarriage. I had the miscarriage. I did not want to get up and cook for these people. Girl, I didn't want to deal like I did not want. So when a friend came and bought Pollo Tropical here and just basic food, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that I needed that. I needed that. So when you're having a friend that's going through something, even if you can't physically be there. Yeah. Nowadays we have Uber Uber Eats. Right. Send them an Uber Eats. Yeah. Send them a DoorDash. Right. You know, or instant cart groceries to them, what, yeah. whatever is needed. That's that's probably one of the best thing. Yeah. Best things by far someone did for me. I mean, there were other things, but that was probably the top. I, I will agree. I had a friend that did that for me after I had my son. And when I she she gave me a gift card and when I bought the food, I was like, man, this is the most genius gift ever because 
after you go through something like that, your mind is, I don't want to deal with anybody. You know, like I don't want to cook. I don't want to, I just want to lay here. And so I, I totally agree that that is the most, um, the most helpful thing. Cause at the end of the day, it, it takes something off of your list. Yeah. Cause a mom will never stop being a mom, no matter what she goes through. Ever. Or even <laughs> us. Sometimes we forget to eat just yeah. us. Like, you know what? I'd rather just wallow here for a minute, forget food. I will handle that tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll, we'll figure that out tomorrow. I was, so packing my, <laughs> I was packing my kids snacks today and I'm like, man, I'm always fixing their water. I don't know why I don't fix mine. I need to do better. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I make sure they're healthy, <laughs> but no, I, I definitely agree. That is an awesome idea to do as a friend, to be a support person. What is it that you wish people would know or understand um, with, with uh, infertility? What I really wish people would understand, and I think I can scream that as much as I can, is that you did absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, you did not. It was not a, a sin that your ancestors caused that God selected you to be the infertile one. Maybe it, he did, but that's not your concern. That's not something you need to be worrying about. You didn't do anything wrong. This is just something that happened. And they, they still trying to figure out why some people can, some people cannot. So it's just the way our body was created. Right. However, if you know you have irregular period, you know that something is not right. Mm -hmm. I need you to continue knocking on every doctor's door until you find the one that's willing to listen. Do not give up because the longer you wait, the longer you, you just give up that someone's not listening to you, the more damage you're creating. I completely agree, especially with advocating for your body, especially if you're um, African-American descent, um, Hispanic, um, just continue, continue and continue to advocate until someone, until someone listens. Um, What, what, um, of course, I can't find the question that I wanted to ask you. Um, what is it? Oh, that's it. What is a um, what is a no no? What are some things that people should not do if they know they have knowledge that someone is um, struggling or or dealing with infertility? What is what is a no no? Stop asking them when they're going to have children. Where's the offering plate? You just. (laughs) Stop asking. And that's if you know they have infertility issues or not. Yes. Someone's wound is none of your concern. Yes. Stop asking because you don't know what it is. Maybe the person decided they don't want to have children at all. And they're okay with that decision. Who are you to try to change their mind? Yeah. Um, if someone is struggling and it's it's private matter. So every time you are asking, why are you taking so long? 
hurry up. You know, those eggs are going to dry up. Like all of these things, you are literally stabbing that person. That person yeah. is screaming help from the inside, but yeah. outside they have a face like, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're giggling away, but they can't wait to run to a corner and crawl into that hole. Yeah. So you're not doing any justice by asking that question. Just wait and see. Just just wait. Right. If they bring it up, okay. Right. It's none of your business. Just just right. sit there. Yes. That's it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, um, end of story. I, I completely agree with that. I remember after I had my daughter, I dealt with so much postpartum depression that when someone would even bring up the question, is this it? I would cringe. Of course, this is it. <laughs> I'm not trying to go back to, of course, you know, you have patience because not if it's a stranger, you know, they don't know the whole story, but sometimes I wish people would know it, it's not just, it's not as simple as you got married, you have a child and that's it. No, there's so much that goes behind motherhood getting yeah to the journey and okay. when you ask that question it you don't know what you're triggering for that woman you don't know if she's going home and crying about it crying or about that it question is continually mm-hmm. playing in her mind so okay. I completely agree let's stop asking the question asking. it's 2022 we can let that go we could have left that in 1990 <laughs> like just close that whole door it should have been shut sealed <laughs> But for some reason, people are still asking that. Yeah. So just stop because you don't know what mental capacity that person's in and what cycle you are allowing them to fall under. So just just stop asking. I understand we are, we just want to know. We we just want to know where that information is. I just need to know. Right. What difference does it make? Like just to stop asking when the time comes, they will let you know. Right. Mm-hmm. that's the most important part they will let you know especially if you're friends they will let you know they will let you know um and I feel like there's there's certain friends that you would you would know when that question is possibly appropriate depending mm-hmm. on conversations you may have yeah. had but especially for strangers just let it be newlyweds if they just got married don't even ask it let them enjoy marriage Please. let people bring up the topic let them bring it up um but Sandra thank you so much for doing this podcast with me today um before we end off can you uh tell us you mentioned earlier that you do have a son when when did you have him and and was he your IVF baby Mm -hmm. yes I my son now is eight years old he is my IVF premature miracle. So that's a long story all by itself. The road to parenting had so many layers from IVF to actually staying pregnant. Yeah. And then actually after pregnancy, the postpartum part. So it's a long story, but every single element of it, God was all over it, like all over it. So every time I look at him now, I'm like, I still can't believe you're here. Like, I can't believe 
you are here because he was supposed to be the one that they say also have a learning disability and all of that but and he does not look or act like the way that any of the doctors said he would have been yeah because that's God. it's god (laughs) it's god since it's it's just it's been a a a miracle just to even seeing him growing awesome well guys for those that are listening you i will make sure when i um post the podcast i will tag sandra's um instagram as well so that you can follow her i love her page not only is um, her page very informative but she is hilarious um so i i love her page go out especially if you're a friend who knows someone who's dealing with that or if you're personally dealing with it she is definitely a perfect person to be in your mom tribe thank you guys for tuning in like always you know i love you and there's nothing you can do about it see you next episode